morning. How you doing good? At Exchange Church, we love God, people, and air conditioning. Are you chilly or no? Is it cold? I'll give you 10 minutes. Let's cut it off at 10 minutes. It does, I, I do understand it does get cold and hot. As we say, unfortunately, our air conditioner unit only has two settings. It has Antarctica and Hades, hell. There's, there's no in-between. So sit wisely when you sit, when you find a seat, test it. And if you get too hot, just bring your chair up on stage because it is an oven up here. I won't mind if you sit there. Well, I'm, I'm actually really excited about this message. Two weeks ago, we started uh, this conversation around the Holy Spirit. And what's fascinating is I went home that evening and I noticed that another local church was speaking on exactly the same topic, the Holy Spirit. And they were talking through Acts. And I thought, man, I must be onto something here. And it's, it's kind of cool when you hear that somewhat of a confirmation. And then I kept digging. And since then, it's been two weeks. And I can tell you, Taps came home from Zimbabwe and South Africa, and they are talking on Acts and the Holy Spirit. And then I went onto YouTube to do some research for today's message. And don't worry, I'm not stealing and, or copying anyone else's stuff. That's what Ellie does. I don't do that. <laughs> I just focus on Jesus. And I noticed uh, when I typed in this particular topic, the date of the messages were posted from last Sunday. It's like God is doing something across his church. And I love the fact that we're part of that. We're not some small, isolated little church doing its thing. No, God has an agenda and God is speaking to his church. It just makes me wonder, what is God doing globally right now? Because we know God's in control. A lot of us some, tend to get sucked into what the world is doing and what the enemy is doing, and we watch and measure that. But there's something about tuning into what the Holy Spirit's doing, because he's alive. Thank God that our worship right now wasn't dead. God's spirit was in our worship. His presence is here. And I love, uh, this is what I love, is I think it's normal. But as I said last week, two weeks ago, the definition of normal belongs to God. And I'm praying for some of us to have culture shocks or God redefines what our definition of normal is or what our definition of of strange or, or out of the box is. And my personal conviction is this, is that definitions belong to God. Take your definition or take your word to God and allow him to define it by truth. And there, from that substance and that depth and that foundation of him, you can trust what God says. And it truly gives a strong support and, and foundation. So I'm excited about this message today um, about the Holy Spirit. I just want to start with a little um, bit of fun. We, we have recently at our house purchased a trash can. I, I've disciplined myself in this to not say bin. We purchased a tr- trash can. <laughs> purchased a trash can that operates by voice command. It's really cool. So we'll be inviting people over for dinner and then out of nowhere, someone will say a word that triggers the trash can. 
like that. And we've now decided as a family that if you, if the bin decides to open while you're talking, then what you're saying is trash, <laughs> right? We didn't decide that, the bin decided that. It decides, sorry, the trash can decided that and it opens up. So I said, God, my prayer today, as my trash can is up there, if I say anything that's not from God, the trash can will divinely open and in it will go. I won't say anything crazy like Popeye's chicken is better than Chick-fil-A's chicken burger. I wouldn't want to say anything unbiblical up here like, yes, I would like my steak well done. Because that's ungodly. It's medium rare or blue. Can I get an amen? See, told you. Amen. Let's pray to get God back because I think, <laughs> Lord, we thank you for your word today and we thank you for the transformational power of your word. It's living and active. And Lord, we thank you that in this place, we don't have to leave the same. So God, I pray right now, Lord, as you spoke to me in worship, that there will be people in this place that will press against the ceiling that you are going to break some of the ceilings of people's lives today. And they will come into a deeper, stronger revelation and relationship with you. Lord, we thank you that we can have an intimate relationship with you. God, I know you're speaking to people's hearts right now. And so God, I pray, Lord, that we would be able to tune out the noise and tune into your voice. And Lord, for those of us who are new to it and, and working this whole thing out, Lord, we know that as you say, Lord, you don't make this hard. You're not hiding from us. You're hiding for us. And so today we pray that you would reveal yourself in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So a quick recap then of my message from two weeks ago to get us all on the same page and what I want to make sure that we do through this process here is that we uh, are very careful to marinate in this. And I said to the leaders before, if you are cooking a, a lamb or a, a roast or you're doing something and you create your own dry rub or a, or a wet rub and you put it on, you don't put it on for 10 minutes and then put it on the barbecue, correct? You have to let that thing sit in the fridge for 48 hours so it fully marinates. And I really believe with this kind of a conversation about salvation, water baptism, and baptism of the Holy Spirit, we need to sail down this river at the pace of faith and not force things. Now, when you get a group of people this large, there are people who are all at different stages of relationship with God. Some, it's just completely new. And I think that's awesome. That's a really exciting time, discovering and God reveals himself. Some are kind of learning and they're kind of just working this whole thing out and, and some are all in and they completely get it. They're in tune with it. And that's where it's at. Today, I want to speak to the highest common denominator in the room. My heart today is to lift us to this place and to preach from scripture. My heart is, is that you would leave today with more, with uh, just as much answers as you do questions about this. But you would take it not to me and get upset with me. But if you do get upset, once again, my email is elliecotterexchange.com. I'm only joking, by the way, if you knew. That's my wife. <laughs> my boss. <laughs> You're not my boss. If, if, thing, if, if something doesn't make sense, that you would take time not to get emotional and go, go to truth. 
go to truth. What does God say? Because God is speaking. And when you go to truth, the Bible says and promises truth will set you free. And so I propose the idea is from the scripture, which you'll see on the screen, Ephesians 2.10, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. That's a concept that God has planned things for you to do long ago. And there is, I believe, a biblical difference between dead works and good works. Dead works usually are birthed in my own strength, something that I'm trying to force to make happen. Good works are that which God pre-planned for us to do. My idea and thought is that there are part of those good works will be impossible for you to do. There will be supernatural things because we serve a supernatural God. And now many of us know we're not just body, we're also spirit. And that spiritual part requires some supernatural umph of the Holy Spirit to equip us and empower us so that we can do an aspect of those good works that he has prepared for us, which I think is really exciting. And to contextualize uh, this message, I would say there's also a differentiance between my natural talents which we at Exchange Church celebrate. God gives us talents and talents help equip us to be able to do things that we need to get done. Talents such as intellect, talents like the ability to play an instrument or sing a song. There are so many talents that people have creatively expressed through the culinary arts, through project managers and uh, different tradesmen who create all these wonderful buildings and do all these incredible things. Our natural talents can do a lot. Natural talents can bless and change someone's life. You can give a simple act of generosity to someone which completely revolutionizes their life and they say, wow, that impacted me and touched my heart. And you often hear stories in church about that. Natural talents are awesome. But we believe as well from scripture is that there are spiritual gifts and spiritual gifts are given to us by God. And those spiritual gifts we can see in scripture. And if you want to get more details on that, you can go to my message from two weeks ago on YouTube, which will give you a, a kind of a, a brief synopsis of spiritual gifts. And I mean, that in itself is a whole topic that could take six months uh, to go through. So we celebrate our natural talents and we thank God for our spiritual gifts. And I believe that the Holy Spirit empowers us by infilling us. Now, this is new language for some people. The indwelling of the Holy Spirit takes place during salvation. When you ask Christ into your heart, it's the Bible promises that the Holy Spirit indwells within us. He's there. So if you walked away from my message two weeks ago, feeling, do I have the Holy Spirit? <laughs> yes, you do. It's all good. And the promise from scripture is that our spirit becomes one with Christ. And from that place of security and comfort, your soul is reconciled to God. And that means from the infilling of that, I, I believe that we can get to a place of not just 
in dwelling of the Holy Spirit, but then we see in the book of Acts the infilling of the Holy Spirit. And it's, and it's different. And the Bible clearly is drawing a, a, a difference between the two as the scripture unfolds. I say amongst many roles, amongst, amongst many other roles, the purpose of the indwelling of the Holy Spirit is for the justification. That means I'm made right with God. Sanctification. That means that I now, even though I'm made right, I'm still not perfect. I've still got to work my salvation out in a process where I become more Christ-like. And glorification, that may, means one day that I will be reunited with my heavenly Father. Uh, amongst many roles, the purpose of the indwelling of the Holy Spirit is for the justification, sanctification, and glorification of my spirit. But the infilling of the Holy Spirit is an outside-in empowerment of my spiritual gifts being poured out. This is what we see happening in the book of Acts. The Holy Spirit says, filled them, and then power came from them. And I gave a little reference to that at the end of last week's uh, service, is that when Jesus was with the woman with the issue of blood, she reached out, he couldn't see her, and she reached out and touched the hem of his garment. And the Bible says power came from him, and he felt that. This is the power of the Holy Spirit. And I believe is that we as a church, I believe that the gifts of the Holy Spirit did not cease with the 12 apostles, but they continued on. This is what I get from when I read scripture. And of course, I'm well aware that there are people who have been taught something different than that. And my position and heart as a church is not to prove you wrong. Right? That's not, we're not here to, to do that. We're here just to simply reconcile what we read in scripture. And I love to have, I love coffee, so I'll have a coffee with you if you have deeper questions on this stuff to work these things out. And again, I want to pause here because I know some of what I'm saying here can be over. Some of you right now, I might as well be talking about cricket in Australia. This guy just bowled a full toss, he needed a six and he got caught in the slips. Does that make sense? Tim? That makes sense, right? Give me one. <laughs> so I know that some of this needs more clarification and we're, tr and we're trying to work out. And you know what? I think that's okay. I think we're on a journey together. As a church, we do not emphasize as a church people who have or draw a difference between people who have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit and the infilling. We don't say there's the haves and the have-nots. That's not who we are as a church. In fact, this is what I would say we are as a church. As a church, we do not emphasize a have the infilling and do not have the infilling. We are a learning about, desiring of, and operating in. There are some people who are learning this and what this means. And some, for some, I'm talking about cricket right now. I might as well be talking about uh, rugby league. And you just have no idea what I'm talking about. And I totally understand that. But the good news for you is you're at the beginning of an incredible journey of what God has for you. It's so exciting what, how God 
gets in our life and things come alive, you get to throw away sin, the mess, the burden and the weight of it, the guilt, the shame, all that stuff you get to throw away. And God replaces that with grace, with peace, with comfort. He replaces the stress and the fear and the anxiety with a faith and a confidence. God is so good. Uh, learning can range from, I have no idea what you're talking about to, I disagree with what you were talking about to, I want to hear more about what you're talking about. And all of those to me, as far as I'm concerned, are totally, totally fine. Second is desiring God can be, I get it. I see it in scripture, but I don't feel like or believe I have it yet. And, and I put in my notes, the yet is capitalized. I don't have it yet. I don't know, I, I see it and I would love it, but it hasn't happened to me yet. So I don't understand why has God not done it for me and he's done it to that person. And I'm much more spiritual than that person. You may, you may have all these thoughts floating around in your head. And I, I would encourage if, if you see it and, and believe it to not lose faith and not lose hope. And finally, desire, uh, operating, meaning that you are experiencing the empowerment of the Holy Spirit as described in the book of Acts when the church broke out. Now, last week I gave a, to come back to people who are still reconciling this and saying, well, did the gifts continue? I think this is a really important point to labor on because if, if this is not reconciled, whether the gifts continued or ceased, then it will significantly affect the way in which you approach this, your relationship with the Holy Spirit. It really does come to this. This is where uh, the roads cross. And so I gave an example last week, the claim of a sensationalist, someone who believes that they ceased with the 12, that's the claim. They ceased, they stopped, it's done. It was just for the establishment of the church and the, the authority of the word. That was it. And that's done. And then, and, and a cessationist is not saying that the Holy Spirit's done and he's dead. They're, they still believe his life. They still believe miracles happen today, but they don't believe people have a gift of healing or, or believe a gift of prophecy. So in Acts, the example I gave, if, if it was only the 12 disciples that had this special Holy Spirit infilling uh, power, then how come in Acts 9, 17, Ananias, it says, so Ananias went and found Saul. He laid hands on him and said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you at the road has sent me so that you might regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And guess what? He's filled with the Holy Spirit and he regains his sight. So now let's double down biblically because someone did reflect and say, you know, we can't just give one example. You have to give more than one to, to do that, and I, I agree. Um, it's in Acts 6, 8, and this is someone chosen by the 12 disciples. Acts 6, 8, Stephen, a man full of God's grace and power, performed amazing miracles and signs among the people. That verse is a faith igniter. If you've struggled with this, this should ignite your faith. This should stir a desire as scripture teaches us to desire spiritual gifts. If there wasn't a verse that was more clear of someone not being in the 12 disciples and performing miraculous signs and wonders, then this is it. 
This is incredible. Now remember, normal, this might sound crazy right here, all the stuff that I'm saying, signs and wonders, but we as a church believe that normal, that definition belongs to God, not to our culture, because you just have to go to a different culture to realize that what you find normal here might not be normal there. I wonder if there's going to be a kingdom shock for a lot of people when we get to heaven because the culture of heaven is not like the culture of our country. I wonder how much stuff will shake up. It won't, we won't all look the same, think the same, talk the same, and so forth. No, this will be a kingdom culture, a heavenly culture. So here's an important question that I wanted to address and add to this. And again, this is my heart is to slowly go through this so that we're on the same page and we're all thinking about these and asking these same questions. Is one of the thoughts, again, from someone that would say that the gifts ceased is the thought, doesn't prophecy add to scripture? I thought God's word is complete. So why would God speak through someone today that claims to be prophetic, that hears a word from God? Why would God speak through that person today when he's, when he's already said everything that he's going to say? And it would be the doctrine of the sufficiency of scripture. Now, I want to say is that we believe that. We believe the Bible is all that is necessary for the believer to understand the character of God, the nature of man, and the doctrine of sin, heaven, hell, and salvation through Jesus Christ. We believe that. We're on board with that. We're in agreement. Amen? Yeah. Oh, pretty good. Inside of there. I give that amen back about four or five out of ten. <laughs> we believe... To Timothy uh, 3.16, all scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. Yes, the Bible is sufficient, but we don't have a relationship with the Bible. We have a relationship with Jesus. That was a, that was a big one right there. <laughs> You don't have a relationship with the Bible. And some people get so Bible thumping. We don't, we don't, under, we don't under, underplay the importance and the sufficiency of scripture. That's not what I'm saying. But we don't avoid the conviction of the Holy Spirit and just hide behind our Bible. We have a relationship with God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So I would like to say if someone receives a prophetic word from God, in other words, just say in today's terms, God's put something in my heart that I believe came from God to speak over someone, you would be blown away at how often this is happening where people are hearing God's voice and they're speaking it to the person and you can have the most amazing intellectual person pray. And again, not discounting that, love that. But when someone prays a prophetic word that they heard from God for that person, my gosh, does it break down barriers? Does it break off chains? Does it set captives free? Does it bring hope? Does it stir faith? Does it draw the person closer to God? All of that and above. There's something about it. So we believe as a church, prophecy doesn't add to scripture, but it is confirmed by scripture. We use scripture to confirm 
that the person who thinks they heard God is not crazy. As we say, there's usually three voices in your head, your voice, someone else's, uh, God's voice, and, and a crazy voice. <laughs> we want to make sure that the person is hearing from God, but we have to test that. We have to make sure. Now, if God chooses to speak through a person to another person about a specific issue that would result in that person drawing closer to Christ, I don't necessarily need to know that it doesn't need to be added to scripture for me if it's God's voice because scripture is already sufficient, right? I don't need to know that God spoke to you about some specific thing. I don't think God's going to record and put all that down. There's specific things that God wants to speak. In fact, I think uh, scripture deals with this exact topic that the prophetic is adding to the, re the revelatory gifts is what they call it that they are adding to scripture and that's wrong and that's bad. They're not adding to scripture. In fact, Paul addresses it and he, he deals with it in uh, 1 Thessalonians 5.19. Listen to what he says. He says, do not stifle the Holy Spirit. Do not scoff at prophecies, but test everything that is said. Hold on to what is good. Why even bother putting that there if it's not for us? If it says in the book of Acts that in the days, in the, in the last days, your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Do you know that prophecy from Joel? Do you know what that is referring to the last, the end times, the last days? That means from the ascension to the return of Christ. It's the current church period that we will see signs and wonders. We will see miraculous. That means we're not believing just for natural things to happen. As a church, we're believing for supernatural things to happen. Our expectation, faith, rises above the natural. We don't ignore the natural. You know, faith is not letting go of, of logic and reason. It's letting go of control and outcome to trust God because God makes sense. I, I have to let go of that control and it's got to be done my way, God. And if you don't do it my way and, and the signs that I'm looking for, then God says no. Let go, surrender, and allow me to do it through you. By the way, so you can't get the glory. God gets the glory in Jesus' name. We can also assume that in the exact same scenario, Paul addresses it with the Corinthian church. In 1 Corinthians 14, 29, the instruction is, is let two or three people prophesy. He's telling the church to prophesy. And he says, and let others evaluate what is said. It's weighed and measured by scripture. It's weighed and measured by Scripture. So prophecy doesn't add to Scripture, but it is tested by Scripture, as we see from Scripture, the instruction, which makes a very strong biblical case for the idea that it is assumed that prophecy is a normal part of a Sunday church gathering. It's a normal part. This is normal. But if you're defining normal by a Walnut Creek lifestyle... Right? If you're defining normal by Alamo, Danville, um, Concord, East Bay, if, you def if that's how you define normal, you're going to be in for a culture shock when you go to heaven. Yeah. I, mean, I, was in a, I got a culture shock coming here. It was a culture shock. I'm from a small surf coast town. I grew up surfing every day. Some say that I once one day drifted up with the seaweed and here I am. <laughs> it's not true, but it's been said. But normal belongs to God. What gives us the arrogance and the right to think that we get to tell God what's normal? 
and limit him to that box and shut him out of what God wants to do. Man, some of us are are, going to get a really good, in a good way, encouragement. This is once, this is a tragic story, but yet in the same way, a beautiful story of how God uses prophetic people. There was a guy who was leading a small community group, Bible study, connect group, life group. You keep going on, exchange group, there's so many names for them. And, and he, he got a word for a lady that was a group of 10 people. There was a lady in her 30s and he, he kept feeling like God was speaking to him. But he got the craziest thing from God. He got the craziest thing. The thing that he felt God say is, God hates mummies and daddies. It's like, man, I'm not saying that. (laughs) They're going to think I'm that third voice, the crazy voice. (laughs) God hates mummies and daddies. So he goes through the community group. He goes through the study. He does his presentation. And now he's still hearing that voice and it's coming to a close. He knows it's coming to a close and he cannot dislocate this thing out of him. And of course, he hears the voice again. And then they pray and he hears it again. In the end, he just says, I'm done. I have to say this. He says, young lady... I um, didn't mean to point at you, Kim. <laughs> young, young lady. God spoke to me. I know this is going to sound weird, but God hates mummies and daddies. And an overwhelming sense of breakthrough. This lady broke into tears, just broke down. And again, she began to say, my father used to sexually abuse me and he would break into my room at night and say to me, let's play mummies and daddies, which is disgusting and horrible. But I think of this story and I wonder what this woman would have gone through in her life, what she had to carry. I even wonder why she would not even bother, why she would pray, why she would bother to pray or even pray a prayer, say, God, why'd you allow this to happen? Imagine the the feeling she would have between her and God. But then imagine hearing that from a stranger where God specifically speaks into that situation and feeling a sense of God's for me, God's with me. You did nothing wrong. That, That would be reconciled. The prophetic is powerful. And it says that the gifts... It says that power shall come upon you. You shall receive power. And, and I think, you know, again, some people say, well, why didn't God, uh, like, free will, you know, why doesn't God stop you from all the stuff you do, yeah. <laughs> right? Why doesn't God stop me for all the d- stuff that I do? I'm by no means claimed to be the moral example of, of Exchange Community Church. There's plenty of people here more high and mighty than me, including Ellie. Pastor Ellie. See, I'm getting back in the good books now. Wisdom. <laughs> it's not wisdom. I'm deep in it right now. If anyone wants to give me a ride up the hill after church, I'm... <laughs> but God is so good. He gets so much into the detail. He, he, get, he can cross that natural barrier where we we cross. So again, another question that came up, and this is the final one that we'll address, is how do I know the difference between the indwelling that happened at salvation, as we see in Nicodemus and that conversation between Nicodemus and Jesus, and the infilling, which is what we see in the book of Acts, and all through Acts, to be quite honest. 
and the way it would unfold. And I tried to go as deep as I could. I'm looking up Greek words. I'm looking up. And I really did. It was actually really fascinating and wonderful. But I felt like God said, hey, Bozo, just ask them, are they speaking in tongues? Are you prophesying? Are you seeing people healed? Are you seeing miraculous signs and wonders? Are you getting words of knowledge and wisdom for people? Is that happening? And if you've crossed that line from learning to desiring, don't let go of that. Say, okay, God, well, maybe the way in which I reconcile that question is, is I'm not seeing it at the level that I want to see it. I've seen stuff happen. I've seen God move, but I want to see it happen in a way that is beyond and above what God promises that we will do. It promises in scripture that we'll see that happen, that people will line up in church to prophesy. People will line up to get a word of knowledge and a word of wisdom from God. I want to see that. I want to see that happen in my own life. And I can say that I do see that happen in my own life. And it's normal. It's normal, right? I'm, I'm not trying to say I'm some super spiritual person that stands about a foot above you. <laughs> I'm not trying to say that that's, that's what it is. No, everyone has access to this. Everyone has access to being filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, when you receive Christ into your life, you the indwelling of the Holy Spirit took place. But for me, I, I think I, I think I kind of got a bit crazy two Sundays ago and tried to get everyone to come down the front and got a little awkward. Um, I blame Ellie. No, no. <laughs> and for me, what I realize is this, is that this is a faith journey. This is a process of people discovering and, and understanding this. So, so this, is what, this is the challenge that I want to leave with, with everybody today is that next time you've got a mountain or a challenge or an issue or a stinking circumstance that is not shifting or changing, my prayer is that you will put your hand on your heart, and this is not a methodology, but this is just what I came up with, put your hand on your heart and ask the Holy Spirit to infill you and empower you supernaturally to see this thing shift. To start there, Holy Spirit, Help me with this person. I don't know what you'll do, God. Give me a word. Speak a word. Highlight a verse in scripture. Maybe send me a song. Maybe, God, you send me a sermon that I hear that that person really needs to hear to be a blessing, not revenge. <laughs> God, send, God, empower me, Lord, to, to see this thing shift. And I, and, I, and I pray, some of you, you're at the place where you lift your faith level and expectation for miracles, for healings, for physical healings. And I've told you stories where I've seen that undeniable miracles that have happened, which I don't attribute back to myself, back to God, but it changed my life. I'll tell you that it changed the person's life. And, and we as a church, let's believe for that. Let's believe for the supernatural hand of God to work in our hearts. So I'm going to pray. We're going to ask Eunice to come up and it's always better when we have music playing during this part of the service because it makes me sound a whole lot nicer. <laughs> or as I'm supposed to ask Taps. Sorry.
Meaning and value is not meaning and value is not in the gift, but rather in the God of the gift and the purpose of the gift, which is to bring people closer to Jesus. That's the value. God wants to reach people and He wants to use us to do it. He wants to reach people. Wouldn't it be exciting if you got a word from God and then you were able to say, hey, I'll tell you, man, it changes your life. You know, and some of you have a journey to get to that place in your intimacy with Christ. And as we say here at church, from your intimacy with God over the long season, this ain't no microwave, this is an oven. And your intimacy is developed, which develops your authority. Your authority comes out of your intimacy with God and your authority leads to your impact. Some people run to impact and skip intimacy and they're left high and dry. We see that in scripture. The demons beat them up, strip them naked. But as we develop intimacy with God, if you wanna develop spiritual gifts, ask the Holy Spirit to fill you and ask for Him to, and, and spend that time with Him developing that intimacy. And that intimacy will build your authority in Christ, which is a theme in scripture in itself, the, our authority and sonship in Christ that leads to our impact that we have with God. So God, I thank you for every single person here right now. God, I pray that you will continue to, to seal this word in people's hearts. Lord, we know unless you build the house, it's people labor in vain. God, I pray right now that you would take over. Lord, you would do what only you can do. And Lord, I pray that you would reveal yourself. But Lord, I pray that there would be a vulnerability, that there would be an availability. God, a response to, Lord, to say, God, I want more. And I pray that you would teach me, show me, reveal this. God, I pray for Holy Spirit encounters this week in our private worship times. And Lord, if we haven't made that time, then this week we will make that time to spend with you so that we grow deeper, a deeper connection to you. Lord, I thank you that there are men and women in this room that will cast out demons, that will set people free. Lord, that there are men and women in this room that will partner with people who have been oppressed and held back like their hands are handcuffed. And Lord, you will give people a word and it will break those handcuffs and they will walk in freedom again. Lord, for the bondage of sin and the guilt that comes with it, maybe it's fun, but it's not at nighttime when we're by ourselves and we're processing all that mess. Lord, I thank you that your Holy Spirit sets us free from all that stuff. And Lord, we get to live in peace with you. God, I pray, Lord, for those moments that we would, as an act of faith, ask for our Holy Spirit, not once, Lord, not twice, not five times or, or a hundred, but it will become part of our relationship practice with you. Lord, that we would ask for your power, Lord, to fulfill your purpose. Lord, we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Do you receive the word today? There are many ways you can invest financially into the vision at Exchange Community Church. You can give on our website, exchangecc.com, or you can give via Venmo. Look for at Exchange. You can also text any dollar amount to 84 
321 and follow the prompts. If you would like to send a check, the address can be found on the graphic. But the most helpful way to give is by setting up reoccurring giving on the Church Center app or online at exchangecc.com. This helps us a better plan for future outreaches and ministry needs. Thank you so much for giving and investing into the life of Exchange Community Church.